Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hey, this is Doc Washburn from Mark Levin's affiliate in Little Rock, Arkansas, K-A-R-N. Delighted to be filling in for the great one again, and glad he's having a chance to uh, uh, kind of... uh, you know, recharges batteries and stuff, and he will be back uh, after next week, uh, fresh and ready to uh, attack the new year with a vengeance. So I want to start with a clip from presidential historian Doug Weed. He's author of the new book, Inside Trump's White House, for which he was given broad access to the president and the administration. He was on Fox this morning with Molly Line, and he dropped this bombshell. Cut one, go. And as far as Russian collusion, I have to tell you, in my book, there's a great story in there. The kids, the Trump kids are traveling all over the world. Heads of state are pulling them aside in 2017. And they're saying, please tell your father how sorry we are about this Russian collusion nonsense. So there you go. If you're the president of China or president of France, you can't wait two years for the Mueller report. You have your own secret service. There's 120 intelligence services in the world. Every one of them checked this out. They knew within 24 hours that this was a bogus story. The future of their country depended on knowing that. So this has kind of uh, lingered on a little too long. All right. Now, let's consider that. The fact that everyone knew there was nothing to the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. That foreign governments were apologizing to President Trump early on in the process. Let's consider that in light of the big news today from Aaron Klein over at Breitbart about the late Senator John McCain and his alleged complicity in Spygate. Did you hear about this yet? Late Senator John McCain provided disgraced former FBI Chief James Comey with five separate reports from Christopher Steele that the FBI didn't previously possess related to unsubstantiated allegations of collusion between Russia and President Trump's 2016 campaign. And that's buried deep in the Justice Department's recent Inspector General report. There have long been questions about why it was necessary for John McCain to pass Christopher Steele's anti-Trump dossier to Comey on December 9th, 2016, several weeks after the November 2016 presidential election. We've known about this for quite a while. By then, Steele had already met numerous times with FBI agents to provide them with his controversial reports. Steele, however, had been terminated as an FBI source in the fall of 2016, and the excuse was that he had spoken to the news media. Now, the Inspector General report discloses McCain gave five new Christopher Steele reports to James Comey that the FBI did not previously possess, showing that McCain served as a conduit for Christopher Steele's information to reach the FBI, even after the British ex-spy was formally cut off as an FBI source. It's not clear whether McCain knew at the time Steele had previously been terminated as an FBI source, but, I mean, that hardly matters, right? 
The IG report also verifies that an aide to John McCain obtained the Steele reports directly from Fusion GPS co-founder Glenn Simpson, meaning that when McCain transferred the anti-Trump charges to James Comey, he had to have known that the material originated with a firm that specializes in controversial opposition tactics. Fusion GPS was paid for its anti-Trump work by Trump's primary political opponents. Let me see. <clears throat> Who was that again? Um, trying to think. She was supposed to be the first female... Um, president oh yeah yeah hillary hillary fusion gps was paid for its anti-trump work by hillary's 2016 presidential campaign and the democrat national committee via a law firm called perkins coy that seems to be all always in the middle of this kind of stuff here's here's the money quote from the ig report quote several weeks later on December 9th, 2016 senator john mccain provided comey with a collection of 16 steel election reports five of which Steele had not given the FBI. McCain had obtained these reports from a staff member at the McCain Institute. The staff member at the Institute had met with Steele and later acquired the reports from Simpson, unquote. Now, the unnamed McCain staff member is known to be David J. Kramer, who also infamously provided BuzzFeed with a Steele dossier. BuzzFeed published Steele's full dossier January 10th, 2017, 10 days before President Trump's inauguration, setting off a firestorm of news media coverage about the Steele dossier, a dossier which the whole mainstream media had avoided like the plague before that because nobody could nail down any veracity and everybody was afraid to touch it. Now, prior to his death, McCain admitted to personally handling, per, pardon me, personally handing the dossier to Jim Comey but he refused repeated requests for comment about whether he had a role in providing the dossier to BuzzFeed, including numerous inquiries sent to his office by the reporter for Breitbart, uh, Klein. In his book published last year, John McCain maintained, in his words, in his thinking, that he had an obligation to pass the dossier charges against Trump to FBI director at the time, Jim Comey, and he said he would even do it again. John McCain exclaimed, and I quote, anyone who doesn't like it can go to hell, unquote. No, I'm not going to. I, no, I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm. No, let me just put it this way. I'm wondering, what happens when U.S. Attorney John Durham starts indicting people for Spygate, Russia collusion gate, FISA gate, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to call it, late spring or early summer, what happens when U.S. Attorney John Durham starts indicting people? Hey, Mr. Producer, let me. Do you do you have to be still alive to be named as an unindicted co-conspirator? Because I was, I was just thinking, I, I don't know, but <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy okay i i can hear him laughing in my headphones all right i appreciate that i mean look no wonder the president says he has been treated unfairly let's uh, let's take a look at a cut to go remember they treated us very unfairly they didn't give us due process they didn't give us a lawyer they didn't give us anything now they come to the senate and they want everything they treated us Worse than anybody's been treated from a legal standpoint in the history of the United States. 
All right, so you're saying, wait a minute, Doc, how come you're changing the subject? You were talking about Spygate, now you're talking about impeachment. Well, it's one and the same. It's one and the same. They were intent on taking him out for Russia collusion. And they just knew. There was a big article today about, about Rachel Maddow in Washington Post of all places. Showing how ridiculous she's been this whole time. Uh, John Brennan spent a couple of years out there in CNN saying, oh, the president's going to go to jail. They just knew they'd find something. And then they didn't. And so then Ukraine takes the place of Russia. And something, again, will take the place of that because they won't give up. Again, you cannot separate the impeachment sham from Russiagate. It's all part of the Democrats' attempt to overturn a legally elected president who is too big a threat to the established order. I mean, you recall what several of the diplomats complained about in the public impeachment hearings? Specifically, to their way of looking at things, how dare the president attempt to run foreign policy himself instead of leaving it to the experts? And you recall why incoming National Security Advisor Mike Flynn was such a threat to the deep state, to the intel community? Because he was going to audit the whole intel community. He wanted to find out what everybody was doing. And he wanted to find out if maybe some folks were doing stuff that was um, deleterious to our national security, to President Trump's foreign policy. For that matter, he wanted to find out, I guess, if anybody was (laughs) sitting around all day with their feet up on the desk. Well, they couldn't have that. They couldn't have that. I take you back, and Mark's listeners at 77 WABC in New York City remember this as well as anybody. I take you back to what Chuck Schumer, U.S. Senator, Democrat from New York, said shortly before Trump was inaugurated. You go after the intel community, and they've got six different ways from Sunday at getting back with you. Pardon me, getting back at you. Big difference, getting back at you. Now, coming up, coming up, we, uh, we have uh, a big Hunter Biden update. And it's uh, especially poignant for me because I, I do a talk show in Arkansas, and, and Hunter Biden has become a local story in Little Rock, Arkansas, <laughs> even though I don't know if he's ever been here. But that is coming up, uh, plus your calls at 877-381-3811. Uh, Doc Washburn, hoping you had a wonderful Christmas. Looking forward to a great, happy new year. And it's always wonderful to be filling in for the great one on the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles. 
learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right, Doc Washman in for the great one from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. So Hunter Biden update, Hunter Biden update. I came across several different things to the update here. I came across a BBC article from 2014, May 14th, 2014. Vice President Joe Biden's son joins Ukraine gas company. And of course, we we all know that um, Hunter Biden was on the board of this uh, Burisma um, energy company private oil and gas company in Ukraine. A lot of questions about possible corruption there. Uh, But what seems to have uh, uh, eluded a lot of us is what's in this BBC article uh, that Hunter Biden was actually appointed head of its legal affairs unit. So is that like saying, is that like saying he was a consigliere? I mean, uh, Tom was a consigliere for the Godfather, you know. You didn't have to be Italian to be the uh, consigliere. I guess you don't have to be Ukrainian to be the consigliere for Burisma. Uh, but, oh, 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 and, and it came out recently. It came out recently that, of course, I, th- I think I mentioned, may have mentioned this when I was uh, filling in for Mark uh, Monday evening, um, just as in the eyes of the deep state, the wrong guy got elected president of the United States, Donald Trump, because Hillary was their gal, uh, the wrong guy got elected uh, president of Ukraine, uh, Zelensky. And four days later, four days after the wrong guy got elected president of Ukraine, two things happened. Joe Biden announced he's running for president and Hunter Biden, I don't know if he announced it or not, but he he got off the board of that Burisma, Burisma company in Ukraine, which was apparently paying him a million dollars a year um, above the table. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about under the table. I don't know. I don't have any idea. But way back in 2008, Tom Brokaw, the NBC Evening News, of all people, actually asked Joe Biden a tough question when he was uh, running for vice president. So uh, cut 17, go. A reference to uh, your son being hired right out of law school by a big company here in uh, Delaware that is in the credit card business, MBNA. He got about $100,000 a year, as I recall. Uh, You received $214,000 in campaign contributions from the company and from its employees. Uh, at the same time, you were fighting for a bankruptcy bill that uh, MBNA really wanted to get passed through the Senate, making it much tougher for everyone to file bankruptcy. Uh, Senator Obama was opposed to the bill. Among other things, uh, you couldn't, in fact, claim that you had a problem because of big medical bills. Uh, you voted against uh, an amendment that would call uh, for a warning on predatory lending. I'm listening to this going, good grief. I don't expect Tom Brokaw from NBC to just be nailing Biden saying, look, this looks really bad. It just point after point after point after point. 
but then Tom Brokaw gives uh, Biden a chance to respond, and it's just it's just amazing. Uh, cut 18, go. You opposed efforts to strengthen the protection of people in bankruptcy. This has been an issue that you've heard about before. Uh, your son was working for the company at the, at the same time. In retrospect, wasn't it inappropriate for someone like you in the middle of all this to have your son collecting money from this big credit card company while you were on the floor protecting its interest? Absolutely not. My son graduated from Yale <laughs> Law School. The starting salary in Wall Street is $140,000 a year if he went to lawyer. Options he had. He came home to work for a bank. Surprise, surprise. Wow. Absolutely not. You know, a lot of us didn't realize all that stuff was going on back then. This was way before Biden was uh, Obama's point man uh, for Ukraine policy. Way before. This is 08 when they were both still running for president and vice president, uh, respectively. But I, I guess I guess the big news today is that the Joe Biden family released a Merry Christmas picture, kind of a Christmas card online, featuring Creepy Joe, his wife, the long-suffering Dr. Jill Biden, what appears to be a daughter, perhaps a daughter-in-law, a bunch of grandchildren, but no Hunter Biden, no Hunter Biden's new bride, no Hunter Biden's baby mama, or a baby he conceived with a baby mama. So a lot of people out there on, on social media came up with a hashtag, where is Hunter? Where indeed is Hunter? Now, um, we've got more Hunter Biden updates out of, uh, out of Arkansas, of all places. And uh, <laughs> I just love the way that Fox did the, um, did the headline on this, and, and we'll get to it after the bottom of the hour break coming up. Hunter Biden is subject of criminal probes, says PI firm, hinting at more incriminating details. And I'm thinking, now, wait a minute. With a name like Biden, you're you're, you're thinking uh, unquestioned integrity and scrupulousness, if I may use that term in present company. But anyway, that is is coming up. There's so much stuff to talk about today. We got AOC. We got Bunny, Bunny Santos, Doc Washburn filling in for the great one. Coast to coast on the Mark Levin Show. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat. So its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. 
Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Mark Levin says today what the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. All right, Doc Washburn in for the great one uh, from his uh, affiliate in Little Rock, Arkansas, K-A-R-N. And uh, looking at Hunter Biden, a real Arkansas, real Arkansas connection here. And a lot of us, when when it first came out that a woman in Arkansas was suing Hunter Biden uh, for paternity, we're all looking at each other like, man, I thought he was busy in, in Ukraine. When would he have had time to come to Arkansas and meet this woman? And then, of course, we found out from our local newspaper in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, that apparently she was a student at George Washington University, Washington, D.C. No, 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 no. He didn't meet her on campus. Apparently, she was moonlighting at a gentleman's club that he frequented on a regular basis. And so that's apparently where they met and decided to do whatever it is you have to do, um, I guess, to to wind up... uh, you know, with with a child that you want to sue over paternity, I I never could figure out what the deal was with that. I've I've got six grown children myself, and I, I don't understand how the whole thing works. But anyway, um, Fox News is saying Hunter Biden, forty nine year old son, a former Vice President Joe Biden, has been dodging discovery requests in connection with a paternity case in Arkansas, and according to a private investigation firm that came out with a bizarre court filing this week, quote, is the subject of more than one criminal investigation involving fraud, money laundering, and a counterfeiting scheme, unquote. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Doc, why on earth? Why on earth are you repeating unsubstantiated allegations? Well, I don't know. Maybe I've watched too much MSNBC and CNN uh, the past three years. I just, um, you know, but at least I'm saying they're unsubstantiated. As opposed to Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon and Tater, Brian Stelter, all the other folks. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, Fox here says, in addition, the Florida-based DNA investigations told Fox its investigators have found that the intelligence community whistleblower at the center of the uh, Democrats' impeachment effort against President Trump, accompanied Joe Biden when he traveled to Ukraine in early 2016 and by his own admission pressured Ukraine's government to fire its top prosecutor by threatening to withhold a billion in U.S. aid. No, no, no. Are we... Well, Adam Schiff said we're not supposed to say Eric Charamella, but he has no idea who Eric Charamella is, but you better not say his name. Anyway, the attorney... The attorney for Chairman Mellon, Mark Zaid, or Zaid as the case may be. You remember him. He's a guy that um, 10 days after the inauguration of President Trump said, okay, the coup has begun. It's going to turn into an impeachment, and CNN's going to help us. That guy. He didn't respond to Fox News' request for comment on the claims from the PI firm out of Florida, which Fox News has not independently verified. Now, again, ordinarily, you know, you don't want to, Go with stuff that's not been independently verified. I mean, you know, unless you're trying to take a president down. Then, 
then all bets are off and it's it's just fine and not a problem and you could be the director of the FBI and um, try to sandbag the incoming president saying like this is salacious this is unverified but I, you know I just thought you should know about it and then you get on your cell phone as soon as you get in the car and call James Clapper and say I told him you could tell CNN let's blow this thing wide open anyway but that's you know that's just the new rules I guess anyway um so meanwhile back at the ranch the attorney for the so-called whistleblower who I, I believe is not a whistleblower, but just a coup plotter, had previously acknowledged that his client had contact with presidential candidates of both parties amid reports he had a professional working relationship with one of the Democrat presidential candidates. Really? And on the same day that this PI firm out of Florida, this uh, DNA Investigations, filed its notice of fraud and counterfeiting and production of evidence, which was first reported by the New York Post and the UK Daily Mail and obtained by Fox News. The baby mama, London Alexis Roberts, woman who claims Hunter Biden got her pregnant, authored her own motion seeking primary physical and legal custody of the child. Well, I thought she already had that. I mean, Hunter doesn't want to have anything to do with him, right? Well, I I guess just make it official. Make it official. Roberts also demanded attorney's fees and a hearing concerning visitation rights. Now, the court in Independence County, Arkansas, quickly struck the filing from the PI firm, which was made in a bid to support Roberts' case as an intervening party. The court said that DNA's filing had violated state procedural rules, which require intervening parties raise a claim that shares a question of law or fact in common with the existing case. Now, the PI firm told Fox News Tuesday, Christmas Eve, to expect an additional filing soon. And they hinted more incriminating details concerning Hunter Biden's business dealings would soon come to light. Now, Hunter Biden, in his own motion to strike the claims from the PI firm, told the court the allegations were false and scandalous and a transparent attempt to garner media attention. Uh, the PI firm on its website has openly referred to Democrats' impeachment efforts as a sham. Oh, well, then they might have some credibility then. I mean, because we all know that, right? That's <laughs> that's some crazy stuff. Anyway, the firm's incendiary claims highlighted some unanswered questions that could arise in a possible Republican-led impeachment trial in the Senate. You know, like, that's ever going to happen. What? No, I mean... I don't get too far off, off base here, but if, if Pelosi's like, well, <laughs> you can't you can't do anything until <laughs> I give the paperwork. <laughs> I mean, McConnell's sitting over there and going, well, I could if I wanted to, but uh, I don't really want to. So let's just pretend you're right. And you just sit on the papers over there and we'll just continue. Um approving federal judges over here i got something about that for you in a little bit but that, but but let me get back to this let me get back to this the pi firm out of florida who has incendiary claims about hunter biden um one of them one of them most notably after leaving the vice presidency joe biden attended a conference 
in which he discussed a previously unreported meeting in Ukraine for the first time. And the, the PI firm apparently is all over this. And we've, you, if you listen to talk radio, you have probably heard the clip of Biden at the Council on Foreign Relations conference in um, early 2018. But I'll just tell you what he said. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think it was about six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Now, we all remember that. Now, the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, was fired March 2016, had widely been accused of corruption himself. However, publicly available records show Joe Biden did not officially travel to Ukraine in 2016. So the PI firm told Fox News it believed Biden did not take Air Force Two for the trip. In its filing, this this PI firm out of Florida asserts Hunter Biden and his business associates established bank and financial accounts with Morgan Stanley et al. for the Ukrainian natural gas company Burisma Holdings Limited for a money laundering scheme, among other ventures. I wonder if Rudy knows the PI firm, because, you know, Rudy came back from Ukraine recently and was talking about a multi-billion dollar money laundering scheme. You remember that? And he said he gave the information to the president. Remember that? And then Attorney General William Barr is, is interviewed the other day by Martha McCallum on Fox. And she said, well, you know, would you be interested in any evidence that Rudy might have come up with? Well, we're interested in evidence anybody comes up with. Anyway, anyway, uh, be that as it may. Be that as it may. The PI firm out of Florida says one alleged scheme accumulated over $156 million, and they claim that their filing was necessary because Hunter Biden was failing to answer reasonable and basic questions in the paternity case, and they said it had the, 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 the PI firm had been actively investigating Hunter Biden and his partners uh, since August of 2016. Interesting. I, I wonder who's behind that. That's fascinating. Hunter Biden, of course, here, uh, Fox says, was a board member of Parisma. We all know that, which had been under investigation before then-Vice President Joe Biden pressured Ukraine to fire its top prosecutor in his July 25th call with Ukraine's president that ultimately led to his impeachment. President Trump suggested Ukrainians look into the circumstances of the prosecutor's termination, including Joe Biden's boast he had the prosecutor fired on the phone call. Trump said, and I quote, Biden went, went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. There's a little dot, dot, dot there in the middle of it. He also said, we've been through a lot. He was asking if Ukraine could do a favor for our country. And, you know, one of the things that never gets brought up. Well, I'm sure Mark has talked about it, but. Never gets brought up in the, in the mainstream media. Late in his term, President Clinton signed a treaty with Ukraine. And that treaty um, lays out, it requires the President of the United States and the President of Ukraine to cooperate with each other on investigations of and prosecutions of corruption in Ukraine. 
And that's why I said, when they started talking about quid pro quo and the impeachment sham, I wish there was a quid pro quo. I wish there was. Because that would be evidence that the president was following United States law, the treaty with Ukraine that, uh, that, uh, that Bill Clinton signed way back in the day. You know, I mean, they're, they're impeaching Trump for something Biden did. They're impeaching Trump for something Biden did. And, and, I, and I take you back to what I said the other day. The next hearing, the next paternity hearing on the Hunter Biden saga is in Batesville, Arkansas on January 7th, which is a Tuesday. And Rudy, if you're listening, <laughs> I just think it would be hilarious. You hop a flight to Memphis, you get a rental, you go to Batesville and just show up as an observer in the courtroom. Don't have to say a thing. Get a good old uh, Southern home-cooked uh, meal when they, uh, they break for lunch. I mean, I think that'd be fantastic. Anyway, Hunter Biden very much in the news and um, very much avoiding talking to anybody. Well, except a couple of months ago, he did want do one interview. Uh, what's her name? Amy Robach, uh, the, uh, the reporter for ABC who had the goods on Epstein and, and ABC sat on it for, uh, for uh, three years. He did talk to her, and he, he, he didn't acquit himself well, if I may. And I know what you're thinking. Doc, don't judge. Uh, well, it just, it's my opinion. Opinions are like elbows. Everybody's got a couple of them. Anyway, Hunter Biden, the big question, though, regardless of any alleged corruption, the big question is, why did he and the new wife and the baby mama and the baby get left out of the Joe Biden Merry Christmas card online? Isn't that more important than anything else? Hence the hashtag, hashtag, where is Hunter? These are the questions that give sober men pause. All right, uh, the Mark Levin Show continues. Doc Washburn filling in from Little Rock, Arkansas. Delighted to be here for the great one on the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College, and to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Hey, Doc Washburn filling in for the great one, the Mark Levin Show from Mark's Affiliates in Little Rock, Arkansas, K-A-R-N. Uh, the one thing I didn't get to uh, about Hunter Biden be, uh, before the break is that the attorney for the woman suing him over the... Um, 
paternity has filed a motion saying that uh, Hunter Biden still hasn't provided financial records as ordered by the circuit judge. And uh, he's calling for Hunter Biden to be uh, held in contempt of court. But, but by the same token, he's like, hey, we don't want to have anything to do with that PI firm out of Florida saying that Hunter Biden is the uh, subject of uh, several criminal investigations. We don't want him going to jail because it's really hard to uh, get child support payments out of someone who's in jail. <laughs> so there may be some con- conflicting um, things going on there as far as who, who wants what. Um, what I like to do is is grab a couple of callers at 877-381-3811. Let's go with uh, Keith in Hutchinson, Kansas. Keith, you are on the Mark Levin Show with Doc Washburn filling in. What's up? Hey, Doc, I lived in Arkansas one time in Fort Smith, and I met Bill Clinton over there in uh, Van Buren. And yeah. The story then was he was the son, his mom was single, he was the son of the Kennedy, kind of like this Biden deal. That was kind of the, the talk in there around that area. Hey, but let me get into Ukraine real quick. Like, I was going to talk about McCain, but you, yeah. you, struck, you struck my interest real quick. Okay, the server was in Ukraine. They leaned towards Hillary Clinton, the old administration. Okay. And then, of course, Zelensky was uh, elected in 2016. Yeah. And by then, by then, they had already started the investigation, the new parliament, the new attorney general. And they were already talking about the, the uh, Burisma and, and Hunter Biden. Okay. Then four months later, now think about it for a second. Yeah. Here comes Biden getting into the presidential election. Well, now, four, days, Biden, four days later, not four months later. Uh, yeah. Now, now think about this for a second. Also, the Obama administration way back in 12 or 13 had already updated Ivanovich on the conflict of interest of it. Now, this goes back to the Obama administration. Now, for the listeners, about- for the listeners, Ivanovich, of course, was the ambassador to uh, to Ukraine. I'm sorry. Go ahead. OK, now let's go further than this now. OK, now on McCain, let's go back to McCain now for a second. McCain hated Trump so bad he didn't even want him at his funeral. Now, remember, right, right. McCain, McCain worked with McCain Feingold. McCain Kennedy, and he was a war hero, because I know me and my brother-in-law were both conservatives, but yeah. he argued that McCain was the man. And ever since I'd ever, uh, when McCain ran for president against Obama, yeah. I went to the Hutch State Fair to the uh, the booths. I could not get one piece of literature on McCain other than that he was more of a military war hawk. Okay, now follow me now. So I got go, I got about thirty I got about thirty seconds, Keith, to go for it. Okay, now go go further. He went in with McCain, Fingo, McKennedy, and I've never trusted the man. And I still say that McCain had a lot to do with what you just said about bringing out the uh, dossier, and he hated him. So everything was leaning towards Trump from the start. Yeah, so, no, you're right. I, I appreciate your call, Keith. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you can do an unindicted co-conspirator if he's already passed away, but we'll we'll have to look into that. Doc Washburn filling in for the great one. The Mark Levin Show continues. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hey, this is Doc Washburn from Mark Levin's affiliate in Little Rock, Arkansas. KRN filling in for the great one. Um, 
I, I, I got to say one more thing about uh, Hunter Biden, and then we can do some other stuff. Um, something that just occurred to me. If you were applying for, yeah, let's, 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 let's just heighten the absurdity of this. If you were applying to be on the board of a large energy company in the United States, Pacific Gas and Electric, Florida Power and Light, Con Ed, something like that, Duke maybe, and uh, they're looking at your resume, Oh, let's see. Okay, you were on the board of uh, MBNA, the uh, big bank here, on the board of Amtrak. Uh, any brushes with the law? Well, I, I got kicked out of the uh, the, the Navy uh, for testing positive for cocaine. But the absurdity of the thing is, nobody applies to be on the board of a large energy company. They come to you because you have accomplished something in your life. How about, how about if you were applying to be a lineman for PG&E or Con Ed or Georgia Power and uh, you recently got kicked out of the, uh, the Navy for testing positive for cocaine like, like Hunter Biden did? <laughs> no, you're not going to get that job either. I just. But I'm sure everything is, uh, is above board. And, and Joe Biden gets pretty upset if anybody asks him about it. Pretty upset. So, again, the timing of the wrong guy winning the presidency of Ukraine, four days later, Joe Biden announcing he's running for president. And the same day, Hunter Biden says, I'm leaving the board of the corrupt, allegedly corrupt Ukrainian energy company. But everything is, is fine. Everything is above board. Um, and Rudy now coming back from Ukraine recently and saying, I uncovered a uh, multi-billion dollar money laundering scheme and the Bidens are implicated according to Rudy. Um, and oh, oh, by the way, in case you forgot, had a caller at the, at the bottom of the, at the end of the last hour talking about a server being in Ukraine. Uh, CrowdStrike, CrowdStrike is, is the company that the DNC had look at their server when they said it was hacked by Russia. They wouldn't let the FBI look into it. And CrowdStrike is a company that has the Ukrainian connections there. But I keep hearing the sound of President Trump's voice ringing in my ears, something he said several times in the past few months, we got it all. We got it all. In other words, investigating who was trying to do what in the coup attempt, in the attempt to take him down, which began maybe not in 2016. Maybe not in 2016. Maybe in 2015. And for that matter, maybe... Uh, Maybe Trump was not the only guy going for the uh, Republican nomination that uh, was being investigated. Who knows? Who knows? But what we do know is that John Durham is a straight-up, legit prosecutor who has prosecuted government corruption 
in a nonpartisan fashion under Democrats and Republican administrations. We do know that for sure. All right, let me grab a call here at 877-381-3811. Let's go with uh, Jeff in Lake City, Florida. You're on the Mark Levin Show with Doc Washburn filling in. What's up, Jeff? Well, Jeff, is that a Marcel Marceau impersonation? Or perhaps Jeff isn't there any longer. Let's, uh, let's, let's try one more time. Jeff, are you there? No, Jeff is gone. Jeff is gone. Look, one of the things I want to mention to you is that there is a difference between somebody running for president being able to speak in an even-handed, moderated tone and not sound like a crazy person unless you pay attention to what the person is actually saying. Okay? We have a lot of mainstream media out there saying that uh, Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, I don't know when to stop, uh, South Bend, Indiana, is actually a moderate Democrat, a moderate Democrat. Really? Well, did you know that he told the reporters for the Des Moines Register as he's trying to uh, campaign out there for the Iowa caucuses, the, the Iowa caucus, did you know he told those reporters, Mayor Pete, that he doesn't believe people should go to jail for possession of drugs? And he's not just talking weed. Did you realize this? Now, don't just take my word for it. I got a few clips here. Um, Mayor Pete sitting down with reporters for the Des Moines Register, you know, the big newspaper in, in Iowa. Um, let's go with uh, Cut 3, Go. Or in the direction of uh, criminal justice reform. I would not have said even five years ago that um, what I believe now, which is that uh, incarceration should not even be a response to drug possession. Okay. Did you hear that? Incarceration should not even be a response to drug possession. Well, this brings up some questions. Um... If somebody's doing some dangerous drugs and that person is hallucinating and is a danger to himself or others and you're not going to incarcerate him, then what are you going to do? Because in a sense, committing someone to a mental health facility, committing someone to rehab against that person's will, is that really all that different from incarceration? Are you just going to let people run wild in the street and you wind up like San Francisco with people pooping all over the sidewalks? Interesting. Um, but Mayor Pete has, uh, has more reflections about the drug problem here in America. Cut for go. But what I've seen is that while there continue to be all kinds of uh, harms associated with drug possession and, and use, it's also the case that we have created in an effort to deal with what amounts to a public health problem. We have created an even bigger problem, uh, uh, a, a justice problem uh, and a, a, its own form of a health problem. If you think about the 
adverse impact on the child. We have kids in South Bend who've grown up with the incarceration of a parent as one of their first experiences. That makes them dramatically more likely to wind up themselves having an encounter with the criminal legal system. Okay, so Mayor Pete is saying we have kids growing up in South Bend, Indiana, and you know their their, their first reflection on life, a very young age, is daddy's in jail. Okay, uh, and, and that's tough. That's tough for a child. Would it be tougher though if instead of putting daddy in jail, you just let daddy keep on cooking meth? in the kitchen and it blows up and permanently maims the two or three year old because that kind of thing does happen in the United States of America, which is worse growing up or, you know, spending the first two or three years of your life, daddy's in jail or being a toddler and uh, daddy's cooking meth in the kitchen and you get third degree burns. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) uh, the folks that, Des Moines Register don't seem to quite look at it the same way I do. Um, okay, we got another cut from Mayor Pete. Cut. Go. I've always been skeptical of mass incarceration, but but now I believe more than ever that we need to take uh, really significant steps, like ending incarceration as a response to simple possession. It doesn't like mass incarceration, so. Should the state prison or the county jail be just a little boutique with just a handful of people? Uh, mass incarceration. In other words, okay, all right, we got about 50 people in this big state prison, but that's enough. We we don't want 100 because that would be mass incarceration. I have no idea what he means by that, but the Des Moines Register reporter asked for clarification, not, not about the mass incarceration um, comment, uh, but about the idea of we don't want to incarcerate people for possessing drugs. She wants some clarification on this, and God bless her for asking. Uh, cut six, go. And on that is is that across the board, so if it's meth or coke or ecstasy, any drugs, if it's possession, incarceration isn't. And then he, uh, he interrupts her when she's saying, like, meth? Coke, I mean, uh, ecstasy, really, anything? And so Mayor Pete uh, tries to clarify for her. Cut seven, go. That's right. It doesn't mean legalization of everything. Um, And, you know, one issue that gets dramatically less attention than some other forms of addiction is uh, something like synthetic marijuana, for example. So he spends eight Words. That's right. It doesn't mean legalization of everything. And then he tries to change the subject, talking about uh, synthetic marijuana and how dangerous that is. Okay. You're not going to legalize everything, but you're going to stop putting people in jail for having meth or heroin or cocaine or the synthetic marijuana, which he later says is is, is kind of like rat poison. It's amazing how someone's voice can give you the impression that the person is intelligent and reasonable. Um, But when you actually pay attention to what he's saying, this guy's crazy. This guy's crazy. And he's not moderate. Maybe moderate for a Democrat. 
running for president, but not moderate. All right. Um, wow. Uh, more calls coming up straight ahead at 877-381-3811. Doc Washburn filling in for the great one on the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Hey, it's Doc Washer filling in for the great one, the Mark Levin Show. So just played a few um, sound bites from Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana, talking to the reporters at Des Moines Register, just saying, look, I just don't think that we should throw people in jail for possessing um, meth or cocaine or heroin or the bath salts that make people crazy. You know, the synthetic weed, which is like rat poison. We shouldn't really incarcerate people for that stuff. He didn't say what we should do, but I just thought that was, uh, well, as my peeps would say, it's whack, yo. All right, let's grab some calls at 877-381-3811. Let's go with uh, Bill in Fort Worth, the um, Mark's affiliate there, the great WBAP. Bill, what's up? You're on the Mark Levin Show. Yes, sir. I, I never thought I'd call you and say that I agree with Buddha Judge about anything, but and I don't agree with him wholeheartedly on this drug thing. But in my industry, I'm in the transportation industry, and we're subject to drug testing 24 hours a day, and that includes pilots and people who run trains and oh, yeah. uh, truck yeah. drivers and so forth. Sure, yeah. And uh, and it, if you look up the statistics, I can't. I don't remember off the top of my head right now what it is, but there's very low incidence of anybody in the transportation industry testing positive for drugs. And I and that's because you don't want people who do what I do taking drugs for one thing. Yeah, but, sure, sure. Uh, but but to me, that seems to be the uh, an effective way to regulate. People's consumption of, of drugs and well, alcohol. Well, uh, what about what about somebody who's unemployed and making money cooking up meth in the kitchen and has uh, little kids around and has no interest in working in the transportation industry? Well, I, I just I I think that the people that have to have something to make them okay with life every day, yeah. whether it's a drink or it's crack or it's methadrine or whatever it might be. Yeah, and, and I say that after being sober for 28 years, the uh, they're sick, they're yeah. not criminals, and I think that people who are involved in that who hurt other people, uh, you know, they the cartels who murder people and kill people and so forth, sure, or sure. you rob and steal to get 
I think violent people should be locked up in jail, but to me it just seems like the approach that we're taking to it, to this problem, is kind of like when doctors used to bleed people to cure diseases is what it looks like to me. All right. I appreciate your call, Bill. I just, uh, you know, you, you, if somebody is cooking meth up in the kitchen and, um, you know, accidentally has an accident and uh, the child gets third degree burns and, uh, oh, gee, I'm, I'm so sorry about that. You know, I didn't mean to be violent to anybody. But some people on some of these drugs, the, the, the bath salts, the meth, the whatever, the synthetic weed can be quite violent so do you wait do you wait that's the question that i have uh it's just it's you you know uh, if you have drugs that tend to make people violent i remember when we had a uh, bay county uh, sheriff's office when i was in panama city florida did a tutorial for us about meth. And this is like 15 years ago, at least. And they would explain that somebody would break into his own grandmother's house. And instead of, uh, while she's asleep, instead of stealing uh, valuable jewelries and, and silver and gold or whatever, we'll beat her to death for $20 because the person's on meth and, and, you know, can't figure out, you know, the real world, you know what I'm saying? So um, I, I think there's certain drugs that, uh, you know, you can say it's a sickness, say whatever you want, but um, I don't think people should be running around with that stuff. More of your calls coming up at 877-381-3811. I'm Doc Washburn in for the great one. It's the Mark Levin Show. The Mark Levin Show, where the Reagan Coalition meets every day. Call now. 877-381-3811. Hey, Doc Washburn filling in for the great one from Little Rock, Arkansas. That sounds uh, sounds like the Perry Mason theme. My parents used to watch that all the time. The uh... Oh, really? It is? I, I got it right? Yeah. The defense attorney that would turn around and turn the tables on whoever was lying about his client. You'd have a Perry Mason moment at the at the end of the episode. That's... That's wild, wild stuff. It's uh, sure it's still on YouTube. Um, all right, so eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one, of course, is the number to call. Uh, we played some uh, some audio a little bit ago of Mayor Pete. Now, the mayor of I keep on wanting to say Notre Dame. He's not the mayor of Notre Dame. He's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame is. And the mainstream media keeps on saying, "Oh, well, yeah, he's a, he's a moderate Democrat." Look. Anybody who tells me that he or she is in favor of abortion all nine months, any reason whatsoever, uh, I'm sorry, I just, yeah, I, I count you out. You know, you're, you're not a moderate anything. But there are other examples in which he's not a moderate anything, one of which is he doesn't think people should go to jail for possessing drugs and, and the and God bless her. Again, the, the reporter from Des Moines Register was like, okay, wait. So you mean like any kind of drugs like like meth or cocaine or ecstasy? He's like, yeah, no, not. No, it shouldn't go to jail for that. So I don't know what his plan is, but I don't think it's a good one. And, you know, uh, if you've seen what's going on in San Francisco and L.A., um, 
It's a really bad one. Why do you want to turn the rest of the country into that? All right, let's start grabbing some callers. Uh, Jim in Brooklyn, of course, listening to the great 77 WABC. Jim, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Doc Washburn, what's up? Yeah, a lot of Americans may not remember it, but years ago, we used to have groups like the House on American Activities Committee that investigated subversive operations here. Yeah, you know, yeah. yes, sir. We also had the FBI put out the uh, uh, publications on the Soviet operations in the country. Well, the communists, Soviets, everybody were calling for those things to be eliminated. And, of course, through the Democrat Party, all of that was eliminated. So America is totally, absolutely vulnerable to enemy operations, particularly of the Marxist type. Now, in the late 60s, a very important Soviet defector, General Jan Saner, defected 1968 or 69. Yeah. He was also the head of the administrative organs department, Soviet intelligence. So he knew about all the operations around the world. When he defected, he had very important information. As soon as he got here, the New York Times and Washington Post worked to discredit him. As soon as he landed, they were already putting out reports that this is a bad guy. Wow. Now, years later, a friend of mine, Dr. Joe Douglas, who worked in national security, was able to interview this guy and debrief him. This guy had fabulous information. He tried to warn us in the late 60s and early 70s that we were going to be destroyed through drugs and narcotics, enemy operations, first started by Red China and then picked up by the Soviets. Now, when I was a kid in the 60s, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, everywhere, I saw everybody on heroin. It's like overnight. Things don't happen like that. Well-coordinated all across the country. So the general defected. Now, out of his defection, eventually a book was written on his testimony. The book is Red Cocaine. Now, there's two versions of it. You want the one put out by Edward Harl Publishers. Okay. And the, the editor was Chris Story, who was an advisor to Margaret Thatcher of England. He lays out the whole thing, and this came out like in the 90s. So we were warned beforehand about major drug operations. They set up training centers to train people from the Caribbean. They were concentrating on getting blacks and Hispanics involved in the drug sales and distribution. They were going to compete with the mafia. The mafia would bring, the old Italian mafia would bring a suitcase of heroin in. Now, decades later, they're coming in by the ton, by the tens of tons in one shipment. The idea was to devastate the youth of the capitalist countries, create big economic and health problems, and also create racial hostilities. Now, if the blacks ever saw this, they would become, I think, very conservative. They would be fanatical Trump supporters. Now, here's something else you can look up. There was a major heroin bust in New York years ago. I exposed it four years before the FBI arrested everybody. Wow. And this drug guy was directly connected, very close to a very prominent political family. So it was a Chinese communist operation in New York. So if you Google Paul Lai, that's L-A-I, Paul Lai, L-A-I, Paul Lai, heroin, Chinatown, New York. I called up the radio and a Bob Grant show, the old Bob Grant show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I gave the names, I gave the address, I gave the bank the laundering money. Wow. Four years later, these people arrested, double life, triple life sentences, 86 count indictment. 1994, yeah. yeah. So I called up again, because this group, once this group is rounded up, there's a second group, a third group. I gave their names, the address to the banks, everything. I got contacted by 
important people that want sure. to know how I got the information. I can't get into that. No, yeah, so understandably. I'm pretty, pretty involved. Though it's funny, in my case, I'm a high school dropout. And here I'm working, well, you, exposing major enemy operations. You, 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 you would never know it. And, and, and Jim, God bless you, and I appreciate your call. And thank you uh, for caring about your country uh, so much. Interesting point that, that Jim made. Interesting point that Jim made. Um, and, and I think one of the things that we're seeing, and it's driving the DNC and the mainstream media crazy, is we keep on seeing these polls coming out about President Trump's approval rating with black folks increasing. And, you know, a few weeks ago, there were like three polls in one week, anywhere from 33 to 34 and a half percent approval rating of this president uh, with, uh, I can't remember if it's registered voters or likely voters, because it does make a difference among black folks. Um, And it's driving the mainstream media and the DNC crazy because they know, they know, in the past 40 years, the highest percentage of the black vote that any Republican nominee got was 14% for Ronald Reagan in 1980. And if this president were to say, for instance, forget about you know, 33 34%, if he were to get more than 20% of the black vote, it's the kind of landslide re-election you can't imagine. You can't imagine. All right, 877-381-3811. Uh, let me go with uh, Brett on caller number four, li- listening on uh, Sirius XM in Detroit, uh, Motor City. Uh, Brett, you're on the uh, Mark Levin Show with Doc Washburn filling in. What's up? Hey, Doc, how you doing? Uh, not much. I just had uh, the, the reason I called in was on the, the Buttigieg, uh, his comments about the, uh, you know, not not incarcerating um, for possession or, or use of any drug. Yeah, um, that's what I want to get into. The other the thing that you had just mentioned real quick with the black vote and Trump coming a landslide. I I could possibly see that happen as well. I I think I think it would be land, it will be landslide. But I yeah. think uh, you know I I think on the black vote, I think he could really. I, I think he should really try and work that. You know, really, really. Oh, and he is. He is. He. Speak, Speak, yeah, speak to the, those large, uh, you know, urban urban areas that are, are predominantly, you know, go Democrat, and, and just tell them, you know, hey, look, look throughout, you know, the past couple decades, how and are in, has and, worked and are in such bad shape, yeah. So what were you going to say about the uh, the thing about incarcerating for possession? Well, I, 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 you know, one of the few things I would I would agree with any of the, the Democratic candidates on which it isn't much um that it would it would have to be that um you know i i, I kind of uh I, I think he does have a point i don't know where, where exactly he's coming from with it but uh i i do agree with that i don't i don't think that with the with with how many people we have incarcerated in this country and and the numbers you know growing by the day by the year um i think things you know like uh you know victimless crime and whatnot i i think that uh i think a, a Something like drug use shouldn't. I don't. I don't think we need to be, you know, filling up, uh, wasting law enforcement resource and especially space in a, in a penitentiary or you know just incarcerating people for something well, like drug use. The, but the idea that it's a victimless crime, you got somebody on 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 meth or bath salts or synthetic weed going out there and, and beating somebody to death, or you got daddy cooking meth in the in the kitchen and the eighteen month old gets third degree burns when it blows up. I mean. 
I, I, I challenge the idea that all these things are victimless crimes. Yeah, and, I, and I'd use that kind of somewhat loosely, um, being, being victimless. But, uh, you know, if you take it a step further, it's a whole different topic. But, you know, as far as the, the, the legalization, you know, there, there wouldn't really, yeah. you know, there wouldn't need to be a, a daddy cooking up in the kitchen. There wouldn't need to be, you know, people beating someone up to, to steal some money to, to go get their fix or, you know, or, or committing a robbery and such. I, I see the problem, you know, in, in, that's inherent with, uh, with an addict or, or drug use. Um, that that leads them to to go to another crime or or yeah. accidental crime, like you said, with someone in the kitchen. Right. Um, yeah. That's you know a, a offshoot of the addiction. But uh, I I think just the, the drug use and the in in the user and of themselves, I think it's uh, almost a a uh, what do you call it? A survival of the fittest, or a, 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 they'll weed themselves out eventually, basically. You know, and, and yeah. you know, they cut off social aid to them. They don't, you know, they don't don't be receiving any. Yeah, social that's program well. The, 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 that's where you and the Democrats would disagree, and, and I appreciate your call, Brad. Um, the people that I've talked to in, in Colorado, um, there have been some um, unexpected. Uh, unexpected fallout from from the legalization of weed over there uh, a lot of times unforeseen circumstances was the uh, the phrase I was looking for in in Colorado um, y- you know you you legalize weed for people over 18 and the next thing you know uh, middle-aged kids are eating it in brownies and hallucinating and in some cases are committing suicide uh, and it's uh, unforeseen and unexpected um, side effects of uh, perhaps ideas that were not completely thought through. Uh, more of your calls coming up at 877-381-3811. Uh, Doc Washburn filling in for the great one as we continue with the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. All right, the Mark Levin Show continues. Doc Washburn filling in from Mark's affiliate, Little Rock, Arkansas, K-A-R-N. The mainstream media has been telling us that uh, Mayor Pete out of South Bend, Indiana, who uh, looks pretty good in the polls in the Iowa caucus, is a moderate Democrat. Moderate Democrat. Now, it hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention, uh, but apparently he agrees with the... uh, the law that got passed in California recently where it's no longer illegal to knowingly infect somebody with the HIV virus. And to me, that, 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 that doesn't really seem moderate. But the other thing is, um, he's telling the reporters there at the Des Moines Register that people should not be incarcerated for a simple possession of drugs. And a lot of people... A lot of people have been wanting to talk about this. And, of course, the number to call is 877-381-3811. Let's go with line one. Lou Milford, Connecticut, listening on uh, Mark's flagship, The Great, 77 WABC. Lou, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Doc Washburn filling in. What's up? Uh, Thank you for taking the call. I I hate to slam uh, other Mark Levin listeners, but that uh, fellow before the break doesn't know what he's talking about. I spent 14 years in narcotics enforcement. Is the war on drugs or has the war on drugs been uh, <clears throat> executed properly over the last uh, four or five decades? Absolutely not. But we haven't been given much choice or the tools. 
But uh, legalization is liberal lunacy. You will never eliminate the black market. Therefore, you will always have the violence associated with narcotic sales. And, you know, he talked about uh, the callers said, well, you know, if if, uh, you have legalization, you won't have people won't be getting beaten up, blah, blah, blah. No. no. Where are they going to get the money to buy the drugs in a free market situation if that's what he thinks is the best scenario? Yeah, because, Lou, it's not a situation where you can be like a functioning alcoholic. Some of these drugs, you, you can't work for a living if you're stoned out on, you know, on meth or whatever, right? You know, even simple marijuana, uh, First of all, you have to be nuts to buy it off the street because you have absolutely no idea what these kids are lacing it with. Right. That's just a fact of life. Yeah. Uh, but but marijuana over two get two three decades, the strength of it changed dramatically, and it's, it's almost become a hallucinogen for many first time users. Uh, people just don't understand the nexus between. Uh, violence and marijuana use. It exists. It's a very real thing. Uh, libertarians say, oh, let people do whatever they want. Well, I'm paying for their medical insurance, their medical coverage sure. when they get addicted. Sure. Okay, that's spread around, and that's another thing that people conveniently want to ignore. There's no simple solution, but there is something. That can be done by the government, beginning with a cartel declaration, uh, and, and attack it at the top, not from the bottom up. Excellent. Excellent. Lou, I appreciate your call, man. Great. Thank you very much. 877-381-3811. Let's go with a bill listening to the great WSKY in Gainesville, Florida. You're on the Mark Levin Show with Doc Washburn. What's up, Bill? Hey, Doc, thanks for taking my call. Uh, with regarding the uh, victimless uh, crime uh, as, a, as an aspect for drugs, that is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Somewhere along the line from the point of entry of those drugs getting into the country and getting across the country into the urban neighborhoods and into the hands of whoever the end user is, a crime and a victim is committed and a victim, is, uh, you know, and a victim is there. Yeah. Uh, somebody got stabbed. Somebody got robbed. Somebody got shot. Somebody was killed. Somebody was beat up. Uh, so, the or, or even if somebody crime, got, even if somebody got a hold of the Sudafed, is cooking up meth in the kitchen, that could blow up, and and the little kids could get hurt. Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course, you know that that's a scenario that no one wants to no one wants to predict. But you have to you have to look at this. In, in exactly that manner, you have to look at it from a preventable state, from every aspect you can possibly, like a, like a, a multifaceted diamond. You cannot just assume that, oh, well, it's okay, you know, it's a victimless crime. Somebody yeah. just, you know, only had an, uh, you know, a couple of grams of weed on them. That couple of grams came across the country in some way, manner, shape, or form in, in, in pounds and tons or whatever, and whatever drug you want to link it to, okay? But somewhere along the line from however it enters into the country till it, get, till it gets to that end user, Doc, okay, yeah, a yeah. crime was committed, and there is a victim to that crime. That's absolutely, absolutely, Bill. In America, I, 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 I appreciate your call, Bill. We're, we're out of time, but I appreciate that. Very good point. And as the previous caller pointed out, the most marijuana is so much stronger now than it used to be. Um, it's 
a lot of it is very dangerous. All right, starting off the next hour, one of the biggest hoaxes of the year. We'll talk about it. Doc Washburn continuing for the great one on The Mark Levin Show. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, it's Doc Washburn filling in for the great one, the Mark Levin Show from Mark's affiliate KARN in Little Rock, Arkansas. I want to spend a few moments here starting off hour number three talking about the biggest hoaxes that the media pushed in the year of 2019, since we're almost at the end of it. And of course, I mean, if you're going to talk about hoaxes in the mainstream media, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, the dossier, I mean, how often were we told that it was the real deal? How often were we told that Mueller's coming for you, baby. And you're going. And that was just, it was just all over the mainstream media. And have there been any apologies? Have they learned anything? You know, speaking of which, I was talking to the guys about this during during the break. How is the mainstream media in 2019 similar to the old Seinfeld show? No learning they never learn. So they always fall for it. Another, another example is Jussie Smollett. Now, let's think about this now. Jussie Smollett, a guy I'd never heard of before, on a show that I had seen some commercials for, but I'd never watched, and the overwhelming majority of Americans had never watched a show called Empire. And um, he comes out with some ridiculous claim that in the dead winter in Chicago, in an upper class, very wealthy, liberal neighborhood, two o'clock in the morning, 17 below, he comes out of a subway with a sandwich going back to his high-priced apartment. And a couple of white guys are just loitering loitering around 17 below with um, a noose made out of a rope and some bleach. And they're wearing uh, the red Make America Great Again caps just in case they might run across a guy from a TV show that was aimed at black America, so they never would have seen it. Hey, aren't you that blankety-blank from that blankety-blank show? This is MAGA country. Really? Really, this is MAGA country. And you got the mainstream media just running with it. I believe Senator Kamala Harris ran with it too, right? Wasn't she the one that was trying to introduce some kind of anti-lynching uh Legislation. Mainstream media just ran with it. Hollywood just ran with it. 
How dare they act this way? Whereas people who actually looked at the claims that were being made said, I don't think this makes a whole lot of sense. I don't think this makes a whole lot of sense. Let me give you another one. Nicholas Sandman, Covington Catholic High School student out of uh, Covington, Kentucky. He and his fellow high school students went to the March for Life back in January, and they're waiting on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial for the school bus to come and take them back to Covington, Kentucky. And the mainstream media told us that this 16-year-old kid who had not even stopped growing yet was taunting a Native American activist and was just being so racist and wouldn't let him pass. And look at that smirk on that kid's face and just how horrible he was. And the mainstream media just came down on this private citizen, this minor child, like a ton of bricks. And not just the mainstream media, but Hollywood itself. Because the attorney, his family wound up uh, retaining, sent letters of preservation to, I think, 52 different entities. And it wasn't just CNN or the Washington Post or whatever. It was people like Kathy Griffin and Jim Carrey. Letters of preservation. Don't destroy any emails now because we might end up suing y'all. Because when you actually look at the whole video in context, what you find out is that while these kids are waiting for the school bus, a group of people, they call themselves black Hebrew Israelites, start taunting them and start saying horrible things that you should never say to an adult, much less a child. And so the kids, the kids, it turns out, ask their uh, chaperones, hey, can we start doing some school cheers to kind of drown this out and just kind of be upbeat and positive while we're waiting for the school bus? Yeah, sure. Start doing school cheers. So the Native American activist comes over and he's kind of whooping and hollering and beating his drum and they're looking at him thinking, oh, okay, well, he's joining in with us because the black Hebrew Israelites have been saying bad things to him too. Oh, cool. But he gets right up in the face of one of them, Nicholas Sandman, and is yelling at the top of his lungs right in the kid's face, banging a drum right in the kid's face. And the restraint that the young man showed, the child, 16-year-old kid, showed was amazing and remarkable. But since the mainstream media, by and large, and Hollywood by and large, have gone all in for this idea of intersectionality, well, the white kid must be racist. He must be wrong. And the Native American fellow must be in the right because intersectionality 
is racism. And they signed on to it. Intersectionality, the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, and gender as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. So forget about what Dr. King said about hoping that someday people will be judged by the content of their character instead of the color of their skin. No, 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 no. By definition, because the guy beating the drum and yelling in the face of the kid is Native American and the kid is Caucasian, then Hollywood and the mainstream media turn the full force of their ire and their venom on the Caucasian kid who did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. So I guess the big three, the big three hoaxes of this year would be, of course, Spygate, you know, the dossier, Russia collusion. And and you, you fold the impeachment into that because, let's face it, the impeachment, they've, they've got nothing. Two articles of impeachment have nothing to do with anything in the Constitution saying you could, uh, a reason, you know, that you could impeach president for. So that's one. You got Covington Catholic High School kids on the steps of Lincoln Memorial. That's another. You got Jesse Smollett. That's another. Those are the three three big hoaxes of the year that I can think of. But it, it may, maybe I'm missing. Am I missing any hoaxes? 877-381-3811. Perhaps, perhaps there are some other hoaxes out there. Um, let, me, let me go ahead and grab a, 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 a phone call because we're talking about the, uh, the soft coup that they've been trying against Trump and, and the hoaxes all around that. Uh, let's go with Jay in Belvedere, Illinois, listening on XM Sirius. Jay, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Doc Washburn filling in. What's up, brother? Hey, Doc. Long-time, um, <coughs> long-time long listener, uh, first-time caller. Hey, I've just been playing around with my head here. And, uh, you know, is Trump, 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 Trump? And I, I just get the feeling that uh, we're, many people uh, are all wrapped up in the Trump. It's like dangling the carrot over here when the real issue really is the coup d'etat, as you just mentioned. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah factions and powers so so powerful and so pervasive throughout the world let alone this country that i think the outrage would be even greater i mean there's it's all about trump and it is something seriously wrong in this country well yeah because you know he pointed out we got to make sure this never happens to any president again you know if they could do this to me what could they do to you and what could they maybe do to another president on down the line unless we hold people accountable? It's, I mean, he realizes uh, that it's not just about him. Uh, it's about how powerful the deep state has become, right? Well, absolutely. And, and it's been in the works. It's no longer conspiracy theory. People used to laugh at us and people yeah. like me. And now it's, now it's come to the forefront. And they don't even hide it anymore. But uh, I'm, I'm just talking about, in general, the American people as well. Um, I talked to some friends over the holidays and this and that. And I tried to explain to them that it's much bigger than Trump. It's much bigger than we can even imagine. This, this uh, pervasiveness is, as I said, uh, just trying to take this country over. 
And it's just a repeat of history, and maybe in a different way, in a more sophisticated way. Uh, but oh, I'm just I'm and maybe just the whole it, thing. It, yeah, and, and I appreciate your call, Jay. And maybe instead of trying to take the country over, they're trying to keep um, regular American citizens from taking it back. Because the question is, you know, how much power has the deep state had for so many years? Again, I said it on an earlier hour on the Mark Levin show, right before Trump was inaugurated, Chuck Schumer, Democrat senator, United States Democrat senator out of New York, said, if you go against the intel community, they got six different ways from Sunday of getting back at you. Well, if you're the president, they shouldn't have any ways of getting back at you. They work for the president of the United States who works for us. What are some of the big hoaxes of the year? 877-381-3811. I would hope you're a regular listener to Mark Levin show. You would agree. Jesse Smollett, Covington Catholic High School, and definitely the uh, Russiagate hoax would be three big ones. Am I missing anything? Give us a call. Doc Washburn filling in for the great one as the Mark Levin show continues. Mark Levin. Alrighty, happy day after Christmas. Doc Washburn filling in for Mark Levin from Little Rock, Arkansas. Always delighted to be in here for the great one. Talking about what are some of the biggest hoaxes that the mainstream media either fell for or newer hoaxes and tried to uh, get over on us and, 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 you know, and the liberals, the liberal politicians. Uh, the one big one, of course. Russiagate, Spygate, Pfizergate, whatever you want to call it, the Russia collusion hoax. Then you got the uh, the Jesse Smollett hoax, which made no sense whatsoever. The Covington Catholic High School hoax. What am I missing? 877-381-3811. Uh, let's go with Mike in Boise, Idaho, home of Boise State, listening on XM Sirius. Mike, you're on the uh, Mark Levin Show with Doc Washburn filling in. What's up, brother? Hey, Doc, I just wanted to uh, remind you and perhaps uh, all your listeners that the ongoing hoax of climate change is probably one of the most overriding and consequential hoaxes. Ah, yes. Yes, yes. I don't know how I forgot about that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. But as Greta Thunberg would say, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But, uh, you know, you can't. You can't uh, look at the trees and not see the forest or vice versa here because I think this climate change hoax is touching every single aspect of a human being's life. And you, know what, know, you know what drives them crazy? The, you know what drives them crazy, Mike, is when you ask them, well, why don't you call it global warming anymore? Why do you call it climate change? And they don't know. And the reason is because apparently the globe was actually cooling for 18 years, and they're afraid somebody's going to find out we weren't actually warming. So if you call it climate change, that's such a vague, amorphous description that that could literally mean anything, right? Good. I mean, I, you and I call that weather. Yeah, right. Uh, and the, the other thing I wanted to just mention with regards to this hoax is when I was in sixth grade, and again in twelfth uh, grade, which was yeah. about 1981, uh, this this group of scientists back in those days was reminding us of how soon we were going to be in another mini ice age by the oh, year yeah. 2000. Yeah. Yep. So 
didn't happen, not going to happen, and even if it were happening, there's not a whole heck of a lot you and I can do about it. No, you're absolutely correct, uh, Mike, and I appreciate your call. Um, if it's real, then would Barack Obama have just spent almost uh, $12 million on a beachside estate on an island, Martha's Vineyard, which, you know, I guess 10 or 11 years from now will be flooded. Could you still get a 30, a 30 year note in Miami to buy stuff on the waterfront? And for that matter, you know, there's, there's Al Gore. Now I'm living in my palatial mansion in Malibu overlooking the soon to be stone cold dead Pacific ocean. Unless more people buy carbon credits from the company that I own ever since Tipper left me, I've been carbon neutral because she took all the SUVs. And uh, sometimes I get a little retro groove, just want to make sure all the votes are counted. But I believe that Greta Thunberg is a prophet. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane. It, it is a cult. You know, I'm wondering how many of these people would be willing to, you know, when, when Sean talks about don't drink the Kool-Aid, that means something. I wonder how many of these people would be willing to drink the Kool-Aid with Jim Jones back in, in Guyana, you know, almost uh, almost 40 years ago. It's crazy stuff, y'all. It's crazy stuff. Use the noggin the good Lord gave you. Think these things through. The Mark Levin Show continues. Doc Washburn filling in. More talk about the biggest hoaxes they try to put over on us. Uh, Wonderful being here for the great one. Mark Levin, the conscience of conservatism. Call Mark now at 877-381-3811. Doc Washburn filling in for the great one. Um, I was thinking about what the voice guy said. Mark Levin, the conscience of conservatism. And I just have to say something because Mark's not going to say it himself. You know, he's not doing this show for his health. Every time you tune into Mark Levin, he is trying to stand up for the American ideals of freedom and liberty and our Constitution, our founding documents like the Declaration of Independence and trying to sound the warning cry that there are people out there, there are entities out there that are trying to take down our way of life. Uh, Just as surely as the terrorists who attacked us on September 11th, 2001, were trying to take down our way of life. If somebody comes to you and says, look, you don't know enough to make your own decisions. We are going to, to fundamentally transform this country and alter it so it is you're not going to recognize it. We're taking over. You've got too much freedom. And we're taking over, and we're going to call the shots. No longer will you be allowed to call the shots. I mean, you get to the same place, don't you? You get to the same place. We're talking about the the, the biggest hoaxes of the year since we're coming up on the end of the year and i mentioned of course the uh russia collusion spy gates fisa gate whatever you want to call it and and there's there's compelling evidence out there now that the fisa court knew way back that things were screwed up and didn't seem to have done anything about it 
And so that that's out there. More will be coming out on that. Another, the Jesse Smollett hoax. Another, the hoax that Nicholas Sandman and the kids from Covington Catholic High School in Covington, Kentucky, did anything wrong in the steps of the Lincoln Memorial the day of the March for Life. Of course, somebody uh, brought up the climate change hoax. No question about that. But another big hoax is the Bernie Sanders Alexandria Occasional Cortex hoax. Now, AOC has gone out there. She has um, she has endorsed Bernie Sanders for president, and she just did a uh, just did a rally at Venice Beach, L.A. for Bernie with a lot of people out there. And I think you need to hear. I think you need to hear some of the things that that she is saying because I'm telling you. I'm telling you, there are people out there who get their news from their friends on Facebook and they think that uh, that Bernie's just wonderful. Just wonderful. They think AOC is just wonderful because they don't know any better. Uh, and as we say in the, here in the South, uh, bless their hearts. Um, but let's, uh, let's hear a few clips from AOC before we go back to your calls. Uh, cut eight, go. These last few weeks in Congress, we've been passing appropriations budget after budget. And one of those budgets was the defense budget. And what we're seeing, and what we just passed, was a budget that was $120 billion more than Obama's budget leaving in his last year in office. $120 billion more. Excuse me, what um, what party is in charge of the U.S. House of Representatives? I believe that would be AOC's party, the Democrats, right? <laughs> but her base voters, her fans there in the crowd, they're not going to make that connection, and she's not going to tell them. All right, cut nine, go. Now, I think it's really critical that we think about this for a second. Because not once was I or anyone I know asked whose taxes are going to go up to pay for that. Um, so nobody asked you about this. This is your party, right? And, and you voted to pass it, right? And, and nobody asked you whose taxes are going to go up. Well, nobody's taxes are going up. The debt's going up. I mean, I don't expect you to ex- understand that. And, you know, I could try to explain it to her, but I couldn't understand it for her. Um, more AOC, just insanity with cut 10, go. Not once was I asked, are we going to tax the rich or tax the middle class? Not once. This is not just some kind of campaign line. This is reality. We only talk about raising taxes when it comes to taking care of our kids and saving our planet and establishing health care. It is an ultimate hypocrisy. Well, the ultimate hypocrisy here, AOC, is the idea that uh, you could not have had a conversation with Nancy Pelosi, the leader of your party in the House, if you didn't want to. The ultimate hypocrisy 
is the idea that this Green New Deal that you pushed, that your former chief of staff, Saikat Chakrabarty, what a name. Everybody, anybody remember him? He made the mistake of saying that the Green New Deal really has nothing to do with protecting the uh, environment. It's all about trying to radically, fundamentally alter our economy from a capitalist one to a socialist one. But she didn't want to talk about that. She didn't want to talk about that. The ultimate hypocrisy is blaming somebody else for something you did. If you had a problem with that spending bill, you should have talked to Pelosi. But you're not going to mention her name, are you? Cut 11, go. And what this campaign is about is a radical realignment of our priorities in the United States of America. See? See? It's a movement of anti-racist black liberation activists, of immigration activists, of queer liberation activists, of the labor movement. The labor movement. Okay, how many longshoremen, how many union guys are behind illegal immigration and the queer liberation, which I guess has something to do with, I don't don't know, uh, drag queen story hour and public libraries for little kids. How many longshoremen do you think are down with this, AFC? I mean, uh, I guess you and Bernie are down with it, but uh, it's interesting. I wonder if she realizes that uh, people can put videos out there on the Al Gore's amazing uh, interwebs these days, and people in other parts of the country can see what she's saying. Uh, (laughs) All right, cut 12, go. Because we're nowhere near there right now. So we need to fight to start this work. The establishment of an advanced society. See? The establishment of an advanced society which means she doesn't like free markets. She doesn't like freedom and liberty for you. She's a progressive, which means that she believes that society would be much better off if experts would be in charge of it and people like you and me had no freedom, had no liberty. Cut 13, go. If you want to know what we risk if we don't act adequately on climate, look at what is happening in Australia right now. The fires are so big, they can't even fight them anymore. We're seeing three days of the hottest days on record happening in a row. People are trapped. Uh, Species are going endangered in a very small period of time. We belong to the earth, not the other way around. Well, no, no, we don't belong to the earth. The earth belongs to us. But that's amazing how she's channeling this idea of the Australian wildfires. I guess we've never had wildfires before. And the idea they can't fight wildfires, they they probably will. They probably will. Okay, one more cut from Alexandria Occasional Cortex. Cut 14, go. Let me tell you something. I go into work all the time, and I hear people say, what will my donors think? I hear that phrase. You do. 
Uh, you might hear it from yourself. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, accepted a donation from uh, at least one billionaire. Tom Steyer, longtime Democrat donor, who is uh, largely funding the majority of his campaign for president. He donated some money to her campaign last year, according to Open Secrets. I guess she didn't want to talk about that, though. Doesn't want to talk about that because billionaires, uh, by definition, are evil, I guess, according to uh, AOC and uh, and Bernie Sanders. You know, I've got a quote here from a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor in World War II uh, Germany who led a plot to try to take out Hitler. Uh, and he was... Um, he was hanged in a prison camp three days before it was uh, liberated by the Allies. But when I hear the insanity of AOC, a woman who recently put a video out being alarmed and shocked because she couldn't understand what a garbage disposal was. I'm reminded of this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his letters and papers from prison. He said, stupidity is a more dangerous enemy of the good than malice is. One may protest against evil. It can be exposed, and if need be, evil can be presented by use of force. Evil always carries within itself the germ of its own subversion in that it leaves behind in human beings at least a sense of unease. But against stupidity, we are defenseless. Neither protests nor the use of force, accomplish anything against stupidity. Reason, reasons fall on deaf ears. Facts that contradict one's prejudgment simply need not be believed. In such moments, the stupid person even becomes critical. And when facts are irrefutable, they're just pushed aside as inconsequential, as incidental. In all this, the stupid person, in contrast to the malicious person, is utterly self-satisfied and being easily irritated, becomes dangerous by going on the attack. For that reason, greater caution is called for when dealing with a stupid person than with a malicious person. Never again will we try to persuade the stupid person with reasons, for it is senseless and dangerous. Uh, that is a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Letters and Papers from Prison. I don't know why AOC reminded me of that quote. Um, but one of the biggest one of the biggest hoaxes of the year, of course, is the rise of AOC and the resurgence of the Bernie Sanders campaign. Uh, more of your calls coming up about your favorite hoaxes of the year at 877-381-3811. As the Mark Levin Show continues, Doc Washburn filling in for the great one. Mark Lovin. Hey, Doc Washburn filling in for the great one and just always delighted at the opportunity. A lot of big hoaxes this year as we're looking at the, the mainstream media for the year. The Spygate, Russiagate, Pfizergate, whatever you want to call it, of course, was the huge hoax uh, that affected us uh, so deeply. And we, we hope that uh, William Barr and uh, John Durham can get to the bottom of that and people will be held accountable. Of course, the Jussie Smollett hoax. 
uh, the Covington uh, Catholic High School kids on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial minding their own business hoax. Uh, people have called in saying, hey, don't forget about the climate change hoax. You know, there is that, too. There's that, too. 877-381-3811. Uh, let's go with a Terry and Broomall, Pennsylvania, listening on the great WPHT out of Philly. Terry, you're on the Mark Levin Show with Doc Washburn filling in. What's up? Hey, Doc. I just want to talk to you about Charlottesville. Yeah. Okay. I remember, and I'm, I'm being honest, we watched that thing for two days before what happened happened. Yeah. And they had cop cars up and down Main Street. They had police protection all over. And when the buses rolled into town and the baseball bats came out and the pickaxe handles, there were no cops. And you know what? Remember, the mayor and the chief of police resigned after that. Yeah. But to this day, to this day, you got people uh, claiming that... uh, President Trump uh, didn't, you know, didn't condemn the, uh, the, 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 the racists, et cetera, et cetera, even though it's on video that he did it, you know. He uh, said did, there were bad people on both sides. Yeah, there okay. yeah, are good people on both sides, but there are bad people on both sides. Correct. And he specifically correct. condemned the bad folks. Absolutely. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So love the show, man. Appreciate it, Terry. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you calling in. Um, it's always it's always a delight uh, to be able to fill in for for the great one on the on the Mark Levin show. Tell you what, let us uh, let us go with uh, President Trump and Melania's Christmas message. Cut nineteen. Go. The president and I want to wish each and every American a very merry Christmas. At this sacred time of year, Christians celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and rejoice in his love for every person. We give thanks for the millions of Americans who come together to care for others with compassion and bring the warmth and bliss of this holy season to our families, our friends, our neighbors, and to those in need. As we gather with loved ones this holiday, Americans across this land are grateful for all the men and women in uniform who keeps us safe, our military, our police, and everyone in law enforcement. We say a special prayer for those military service members stationed far from home, and we renew our hope for peace among nations and joy to the world. On behalf of the entire Trump family, we wish everyone a joyous and Merry Christmas and a very happy, happy New Year. All right. You know, I I thought odds are that most of the people within the sound of my voice probably had not heard that. And so I just wanted to wrap up um, my filling in for the great one on December 26th with the Christmas message uh, from President and Melania Trump. I think you see a side of President Trump that, that maybe you haven't seen before. And I've talked to people who've met him, angel moms, people like that, who definitely saw a side to President Trump that you haven't seen before. We're looking forward to a landslide re-election November 3rd, 2020. Thanks again, Mark Levin, for letting me fill in for the great one. Doc Washburn out of Little Rock, Arkansas, on The Mark Levin Show. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 